Okay, let's uh, take a look now at the tachometer and let's begin diagramming how this works. We're going to be talking about positioning. So above your tachometer there, that rainbow-shaped diagram, put at the top of your page, positioning. So we're starting here, positioning, process, planning, and performance. Positioning, process, planning, performance. So we'll deal with positioning here. And here we have the tachometer. And in the space right down here, I'd like you to write the word tachometer because I'm going to make an analogy between the tachometer on your car and the ministry tachometer because it's the greatest illustration that I can give you to show you how you have to position yourself properly if you're going to have any, if you're going to have maximum success for God, maximum acceleration, maximum torque, maximum responsiveness for God. It, this illustrates it very clearly if we start with the car and then we transition into ministry and make the analogy. So who doesn't know what a tachometer is? Thank you, sister. That's good. No, that's good. She's cringing. It's so good to be honest in ministry. That's good. And thank you, sisters back there. Yeah, it's the thing on the dashboard of your car. You've wondered why it's been there all these years. It, doesn't, it hasn't helped you any. You got nervous for a while. doesn't measure gas, oil, heat, battery, or anything useful. But it, what it does measure is, depending on the position of the gears, what it does measure is the rate of acceleration. The rate of acceleration of the car. How quickly the car will respond to an impulse or... But if you, a torque, you step on the gas, will it jump, will it move, or will it not? How quickly it will, I just used that word, respond to an impulse? Or how quickly, how efficient, how efficient the engine will be? Or how efficient your ministry will be? So acceleration, torque, response, it should have been an S, but, and, and efficiency, okay? Now, it, it all depends on where the gears are on your car. So if you're, in other words, if you're out there on I-40 and you're in first gear and you stay, keep it there, you're going to blow up the engine. If you're out at the light out here or at the intersection right out here and you, or you come down the hill or the, you got off of I-40 and you pulled up to that stop site there by Holiday Inn Express and you're still in fourth gear. Now the light changes and you step on the gas. What happens? You're in fourth gear and it came from a dead stop. What happened? Yeah, it's just like your ministry. You're out of position, nothing's happening. No, you're not going anywhere. You might have a little burp, you know, or a little hiccup or something, but it's not going anywhere, and you get frustrated, just like you do in ministry. I'm going to make this thing work, by golly. I don't know how, but I'm going to make it work. And, and you're stomping on the gas, and you're sitting there for half an hour, flooded, embarrassed. And that's what it's like, I know. So you have to be in the right position, the right gears. So you're, when you're that the key is, so if you're in the right position with your gears in the car, you're going to accelerate, you're going to have torque to response to an impulse, you're going to have efficiency. And if you're out of position, you won't. So positioning for a CEO is critical. So let's label this tachometer. Over here, we're going to put micro, the least important things, micro. Over here, macro, the most important things. On the left over here, we'll put servant. 
here in the middle we'll put team could also put manager there and then over here we put leader and I don't want you to get too hung up with the terminology that's not important the main thing is understanding where you're supposed to be as a leader but I think it would be good if we identified one thing you already know and that is that you're to be a servant leader you've read all the books about that you you know what it means to be a servant leader and you're aspiring to be a servant leader but the one thing we don't know a whole lot about and there isn't many books on and we're not doing much about is developing leader servants because everybody is supposed to be a minister according to the manual the training manual everybody is supposed to be a minister so everybody should be serving and if you're serving you're gonna have other people that are gonna come under you and you're gonna have to lead them and you know you say well I'm not really you're a leader even when you're out there in the community Peter, you're either leading people to Christ or you're leading them away from Christ depending on you behave how you behave so let's get over this when we're, we're not leaders we're all leaders we're leader servant servant leader okay then where where will we have the most maximum results well the maximum the highest level of maximum results will be right here high max and over here on the left will be low max or minimum so your choice and it all depends on where you position yourself as a leader if you position yourself where it says leader here then you're gonna have high high acceleration high torque high responsiveness high efficiency and all the other words we could ascribe to what you want and what God wants now we're gonna do one more thing on this tachometer it, it ladies it had an RPM over it too that didn't help you any either but it had an RPM that on your car stands for revolutions per minute for your ministry now since we're transitioning now talking about the ministry we're gonna say that that stands for response per mandate response per mandate what does that mean that means that God has given you directives you know I wasn't in the Navy very long before I understood what it means to to have an order an order being given to me or a directive being given to me. you better carry it out you better get it done it's not negotiable it's not like God says this is what I want you to do and if you get around to it that'd be nice or if you can find a few people interested in helping that'd be real sweet no it's get it done get it done these are mandates I need to, I'm counting on you getting these things done in my timing not when you get around to it efficiency so response per mandate directives from God that we're held accountable for and they need to be high a high response to his mandates now what's the problem well the problem is this is where leaders are supposed to function this is where you have to get where you have to stay and stay consistently here and those that have testimonies that glorify God and bring and God's brought joy to their life and freedom and all that they're functioning here now consistently consistently and huge things are happening and people are changing high level of these things and so what, what we want to do is move this stuff into the max we're moving all of this stuff over here into the max section 
so we can have maximum return on God's investment. But it all depends on you, the leader. Are you going to function as a leader, the way you were created to function, the way you were designed to function, the way you were formed and woven in your mother's womb to function, and the way you, are, you have to function to reach your destiny in Christ? That's what this is right here. And you've got to get there as fast as possible. For some of you, that'll take a while because it's taken a while to get as far off as the mark as you are. But some of you need to stay here more consistently. Oh, you've been doing this pretty well, but you're not consistently here. And so it weakens this stuff. It won't be high max. It'll be over in here somewhere on the high versus low. But what's the problem? What's the problem in ministry? The problem in a ministry is that the leader is not leading the way he was created to function. The leader is doing the work of the ministry. Doing the work of the ministry. Majoring in doership. Modeling doership. Teaching people, oh, I see what you do if you're the pastor. You do everything for everybody else. That's what you do. Doing. Or if you're a department head or a division head or a leader of anything. And you're, and you're not leading your department, you're just doing the work of the ministry, then the fruit is minimal. The riches are not plentiful. We're not, getting, we're not optimally successful for Christ. So this, doing the work of the ministry is dysfunctional. To whatever degree, if you're a leader ordained by God, d- to whatever extent you're doing, you're out of position and it's debilitating the growth and the effectiveness of the ministry. Okay? Now, that's pretty easy to understand, but it's hard to make a change. And why do we, why are we so focused on functioning in this realm where we have low response, low acceleration, poor efficiency? Why? Why do we end up over there in the doing? Well, there are a lot of reasons. I mean, obviously, when you just start, when Carol and I started building the Ministry Institute, I knew all this, but it was just Carol and I. And so we were doing everything. I mean, that, that was, that was just, that's who there was. And when you started in, in your back porch or in the basement or at the storefront, you had to do everything. But the objective is to get out of it as fast as you can and into the leading as fast as you can, whatever situation, whatever level you're on. So well, why, do, why do we major so well in doership. Well, let me give you an example. It's the best one that God's given me. Until there's a better one, we keep doing it. And pastors have told me, a lot of these partners have told me, it's, it, it changed me. That, that one illustration, I, it, boom, it became so clear to me, so vivid to me. So an orchestra leader, let's, let's do that one. Orchestra leader. You're the orchestra. I'm the leader. Okay, so I'm up here directing the orchestra. Now, I wouldn't be this high, but I'm a little bit higher than you. Why? Because I'm a big deal as a leader? No, we're all, we're, you know, I just have a little more authority, but I, no different. I just have to be higher to be able to see all of you, and you have to be able to see me. You have to be able to follow my direction. So I'm up here as a leader. First of all, I have to tell you what we're going to play for these. That's the audience, right? You figured that out. You're the orchestra. I'm the le- there they are. And so the audience is back there, and I, I, am, we're, I have to tell you what we're going to play tonight. We're going to be on page 8, then we're going to go to page 13, then we're going to go to 26, and then back to 5, okay? That's what we're going to do for them tonight. So I have to cast the vision. I have to make it plain. I have to let everybody know where we're headed and what we're doing here, 
Right? Not just one or two people. The whole orchestra has to know. The whole ministry has to know what we're doing here. Okay, so then I have to start something. So we commission something. Something has to start. And then at some point I have to end something so that we can segue into some new medley or whatever they call it. Okay? And then I have to direct change as a leader. So I have to encourage the, the uh, flutes down here. They're always a little timid, hard to hear them. So I've got to encourage them. I'm directing change. That's what you do in ministry, leading constructive change. So I'm tweaking the, 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 the uh, flutes and then down with the brass section because they can tend to monopolize things. Okay, so I'm direct. And then I have to cue certain entrances. Okay, now it's time to do this, commission this. So I'm cueing certain entrances, certain parts of the orchestra come in right here based on the score here. Or in your case, based on the score that God gave you. The vision, the mission, the vision, the mandates. So you're directing this change. So that's what I do as a leader up here. Now, well, why? So that's common sense. Everybody knows the orchestra leader is supposed to stay here, right? But w then why are you going down there and doing playing instruments for everybody? In other words, why do you go over here? Here's our uh, brother. Here's he's the uh, this is brother. Um, this is. Brother Joel, yeah. And he's the, he's the uh, cymbals player. Okay. Now you saw that, right? It was pretty impressive. Who saw it? Yeah, you all, yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it? The way, I mean, the way I handle the cymbals, it's a cymbal stick. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to do that. Brother Joel, no, don't do anything, Joel. Just sit there, look important. But <laughs> d Joel doesn't know how to flip the stick like that. He doesn't know how to, and not only that, he doesn't know how to play the thing right. You know, everybody, he, he just, when it's symbols time, he just goes clunk like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, everybody knows the way you do it is like that, you know. <laughs> uh, he doesn't know how to do it, so I have to come down here and do it for him. So I'm getting, look, now what are we doing here? We're not just having fun. I'm wanting you to think about why you vacate your position of leadership. Why are, what, what are the reasons? There's hundreds of them. Oh, you know, we could tick off. We could spend all afternoon dis dissecting and unpacking each one. But I'm just going to give you a few helpful hints. But right here, one is he doesn't know how to do it right. Okay, so I have to do it. And then another reason that I'm here is because when I do my thing and flip the thing and do my thing, then he's impressed. And that feeds my ego. See, it feeds my ego when I can come down here and do something that nobody knows, somebody doesn't know how to do, but I can flat out do it. That makes me feel good. I feel, I feel value here. And this is more fun. That's boring up there, that thing. That, you know, this is where the action is. And this is where I'm comfortable. There, I've given you four right there. Another biggie is nobody ever taught me how to do that. They didn't teach me that in Bible college. Nobody taught me that in seminary. Nobody taught me that stuff. This is what I'm comfortable with. I've done this for 14 years, and I feel comfortable and safe here. And he's impressed, and we got all that thing, those things going, okay? So, Joel, look, when it's, when it's symbols time, I'm going to come running down here. You hand me the stick, okay? Don't ever do anything. Don't hit anything, okay? Just hand me the stick. But I want you to look important, and I want you to look valuable, and I want you to look like you're having fun, okay? Look happy, Okay? Doing, doing nothing, though. Happy doing nothing. Okay? 
Now, then we got another instrument here you run to next. And then over here we've got the tuba, the tuba player. Here is, here's, this is Pastor Lilly, but he's the tuba player in our orchestra. And he stinks on the tuba. He's terrible. <laughs> and, and so we can't, normally I go back there, but the lights don't go far enough, okay? But pa Pastor, uh, so James here stinks on the, tuba, on the tuba. He's terrible. So I can't let him play because he would embarrass me. See, if I let him make a mistake, then that, I don't have the emotional maturity to let him make a mistake in front of the audience because I've got everybody convinced we're perfect here. I'm the only one deceived, but, you know, they, so we're all perfect. And so don't, don't ever blow into the thing, okay? But when it's, t when it's symbols time, I'll be running over there with Joel. When it's tuba time, I'll be running down here, grabbing the tuba, blow the some notes, okay? But don't ever blow into it. Don't ever do anything. But look important and get happy doing nothing, okay? I want you to be highly motivated. I want you to have my heart, and I want you to help me fight for the vision, but don't do anything, okay? Now, don't, don't look at me, but look up there. I want you to see your ministry, the leadership of your ministry. I want you to see the leadership of your department. I want you to see the leadership in your division. Nobody, there's nobody home. You're, you're doing everybody else's work. There, God has no leader. Who's he going to communicate to? Who's he going to direct? Who's he going to redirect? Who's paying attention to what he needs? Every time you're playing the cymbals, and every time you're playing the tuba, and all the other instruments you play, there's nobody leading. There's nobody home. God has, God has nobody. Now, have you ever gone to the, have you ever gone to the uh, orchestra, to the concert, where they're warming up before the guy steps out into the leadership post here? Before the guy comes out in the tux and stands here, there, there's no leader, right? But they're all doing their own thing. They're tuning up, they're playing. They're, they're warming up. Bang, crash. Horrible. That's what your ministry sounds like to God. There's no leader. There's no leadership. There's no unity. It's chaos and crisis. That's where, that's scripture, Proverbs 13, 19. God turned chaos. He, he took us out of chaos. Turned it into good. That's what we've got to do in ministry. Get out of this chaos. But we need leadership. We've got to have somebody here. Somebody has to be home for God. And every time you're not there, th it weakens your ministry. So think that through. Every time it seems so righteous and so spiritual and so kind and so compassionate and, so, and whatever else is feeding your ego, when you go there and go here and go there and go back there, think about it and make a change. You know, most businesses fail. There are 455 million businesses that start every year and don't make it. Only 455 million. 40% fail in the first year and 80% are gone within five years. Only 20% of all, any new business makes it. So if we're starting out or building a ministry, I mean, it's the same principle. So the SBA, the Small Business Association, they wanted to know why. Man, we're loaning a lot of money to these people to get them started, and only 20% make it to five years, and, and 40 are gone in the first year and wasted our money. The Small Business Association, so, so they did some research. They wanted to find out why is it 
Why is there such an un incredible attrition rate? And they found out the number one reason is the one we're talking about right here. The original founder, the original entrepreneur, the guy in charge, the CEO of whatever entity it is, never led. So if it's a plumber, you know, he came to your house one day and he's, he fixed something and he's filling out the ticket. And it says, uh, you know, he's writing down $60 an hour. And as he's writing, he's thinking, they're only paying me 17 You know, there's a pretty good spread. Why don't I start my own business? Joe, the plumber, you know. So <laughs> why don't I start my own business? Yeah, I, I saw an ad the other day. I, it's, we probably come to it. I don't know. I may, maybe I didn't. Yeah, here it is. The electrician. Joe, the electrician. I, I took... I, Cut this out for you. The electrician, no job too small. <laughs> That's you. No job's too small for you. You'll do anything. <laughs> Joe the pastor, no job too small. Oh, yeah, we're, we're Christian. We're compassionate. Yeah, we'll do anything for everybody else. Come on, we're weak. We're timid. I didn't give us a spirit of timidity. Gave us an unction, Second Timothy 1.7, right? Okay, so the small business, they want to know what's happening to our money. What, we're, we're wasting it. What's, so they did a lot of research. They found out the number one reason is the leader never led, never led. So if it's Joe the plumber, you know, he's under your commode. He's not leading his plumbing business and building it into, he's under your commode. He's not leading. And that's it. I, I've already told you, that's what I've been doing. Now, I'm not under commodes, but I'm driving, I'm going all over the world and doing everything, but I'm not leading my own ministry. So I got convicted last year. And uh, there are about four people here that, that were with us in Colorado when the conviction fell. And I'm in a training, and I'm telling them, the testimonies are unbelievable, and listen to this, and listen to that, and we did this, and you sent me, and, and, and uh, the, the spirit of conviction fell on me. I said, but I got to admit, I'm not, I'm not doing what I teach. I'm, not, I'm doing this, this ministry, but I'm not leading it. And it got pretty powerful. And uh, there's a gentleman here today that stood up and he said, we need to pray for you, brother. I said, oh, thank you. I, pr I receive all the prayers I can get. He said, no, I mean right now. And I said, oh, how do you want to do that? He said, we're coming up there. We're holding up your hands. And we're gathering around you and we're going to pray. And we're going to, and they did. And they started prophesying. They started reading the scriptures. They started kicking my backside. They did everything known to man. And, and, and you know what? It was at 2.15 when that spirit fell. And at 6 o'clock, they were still here. We were singing in the spirit. They were speaking. But I was changed. I was changed. I don't know what it's going to get to change you, but that's what changed me. <laughs> okay? <laughs> but it, it took the power of the Holy Spirit to get me to stop doing and start leading. And this is the first iteration of the next level. So they, they found out that they don't lead. People, they, that's why they fail. They don't, there's no leadership. It's a mom and pop organization, disaster, pops on two different phones at the same time with people. And some of you guys need to get that cell phone removed from your ear, surgically. You know, and uh, you got so many distractions going on. Okay. Most ministries are spiritually underdeveloped. Galatians 3.3. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, now we're being perfected in the flesh? 
So now we're building the ministry with good ideas in the natural. Well, the, look at the world. They can't do it. And we're trying to build God's work that way. We've got to be intimate with him. We've got to get his direction. Most ministries are overmanaged and underled. If we had management here, if we had managers here, then you're over here managing. Most ministries are overmanaged and underled. Get out of the management, get out of the doing, get out of the serving, and get into the leading. The average ministry is losing somewhere between a third and two-thirds of their annual tithes and offerings because of this. Let's look at the dysfunctions of doing. 